Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. A lot, lot of guys questioning themselves after that comment. They're like, ooh, I need to turn Tiger King off for a little while. I'm not comfortable. Uh, I'm sure Pearl is upset. Shut that baby up! <laughs> <laughs> News team, assemble! It's back and bigger than ever. It's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew. Carrie. Josh, Eddie, and Bob. All right, welcome back. It is another edition of the unofficial 40 podcast from Soonerscoop.com, brought to you by MidFirst.com. Go check them out at MidFirst.com. And another quarantine edition as uh, all the guys are back safe and sound from their own uh, abodes. Uh, as uh, Josh McQuestion joins us from the Houston area where... Uh, uh, people are being turned away at the border from coming in from Louisiana because it's so bad there. And uh, the rest of us are all here in Oklahoma where uh, we're just hunkered down and uh, trying to avoid it from getting any worse than it is. And, uh, guys, it's week number four of uh, quarantine. It's actually four weeks ago today since Rudy Gobert uh, and the Utah Jazz and the Oklahoma City Thunder kind of turned the sports world on its head. Uh, with uh, the cancellation of the Thunder game, and uh, this is our third podcast since that started. We kind of we took a break that first week, uh, trying to get everything t- quarantined and and wiped down and uh, set up so we could all be in our separate holes basically until this thing gets over with. So, uh, how is everybody doing today? I guess uh, Josh, we'll start with you since you're uh, you're in the hot spot down there in Houston. You know, I, I'm good. It's been pretty optimistic, a lot of the stuff that, you know, I that is being spread around the state. And I think a lot of it has been, I, I have to give Governor Abbott a lot of credit. I think he's been pretty proactive. He hasn't waited for things to be handled on higher levels. He's just made decisions and said, we're going to do this. And I think both, really, Dallas, Dallas was very aggressive from the start. I think they were one of the first cities to just come out and say, we're going to shelter in place, yeah. period. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they did a nice job. And that kind of made it easier for places like Austin and Houston to kind of follow suit. Yeah, and I think Oklahoma, you know, we, I, I don't think there's as much celebration from the uh, uh, the governor side of things, but I think Oklahoma City and Norman and uh, Tulsa and the major cities did a really good job of kind of giving a serious you know, note to it. And, um, like you said, it hasn't really been, I think people did kind of get the message a little bit in Oklahoma, like, okay, you know, this isn't just another day, like stop going to Michael's and Hobby Lobby. You need to shut down. And you know, like, let's, let's, let's take this a little bit more serious. I do kind of get the feel that that's kind of going on out there. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, I, I think that's probably accurate. Prayer and a glue gun can only get you so far. 
Uh, I would agree that David Holt and Bria Clark out of Norman and GT Bynum have been uh, pillars of leadership, I guess, as far as what you want going through all this shit. And uh, I don't know. It's been a uh, interesting 24 hours with the comments out of Stillwater. And I'm sure we're going to get into all of that. But, you know, again, I've said it a couple times and I think we said it on the podcast this past week, like sitting at home and having built in excuses to do nothing has been my dream forever. So right now I'm kind of living, I'm living a dream right now. The crockpot come in yet, or the air? Fr- I know there was an no. there was talk that air fryer was possibly the choice for you, as you expand no, Josh, your cooking. Josh uh, talked me into the uh, he talked me into the slow cooker, and it is uh, in route. So hopefully okay. uh, by I don't know maybe this weekend. I don't I don't know. It, it kind of gave me like one of those uh, seven to ten day type things. So I'm not sure. Is anybody? I, it's a per- it's a- it's an important time to say for all those people that are not ordering things on Amazon and going out because we're getting these seven to ten day, you know, it could be forever. <clears throat> We've ordered several things and almost everything has come in within three or four days. Like, I think they're scared, like, just being like, it's possible. It could take this long. They're but being it cautious hasn't been nearly with their as bad. Op- yeah, yeah. But I, I, all, everything we've gotten has come in much earlier than we originally ordered and thought. Is anybody doing, like, Instacart or a, a grocery store delivery? I uh, know my parents no. have. I've, I've still gone inside the the store. I I don't know. Maybe I'm I'm fearless in that way. <laughs> I go. Me and, me and That's Mike your adventure gone, in uh, your life. Shopping. You're fearless. Yeah, man's man, Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> He's actually hunting for his food from aisle to aisle. Eddie's requesting that they relieve like that they uh, release live livestock so he can catch it as he as he goes I, from I island homeland and crest i think a lot of uh, people could learn from the lessons of hunting I've another never crucial hunting, though, so maybe I <laughs> carrie you talked last week about the guy that followed you too closely at the store the thing that bothers me at the store are the guys that still don't get it if you don't know you need it don't pick it up don't pick it up. Just yep. leave it alone. Well, like, go j- with a purpose. Go with a list. Yes. Like, know what you want. Get in there and get out. Don't be dilly-dallying sure. around in a grocery store right now. Sure. Like, you don't really need to know the sodium difference between A and B. Just go oh with one of them God. and go with God. Like, it's going to be fine. Um, if I had the, to the sit pe- there and watch someone yes. debate a purchase, I would mm-hmm. oh, I would lose it's it. It's happening. Yeah. It's happening. And like, I really do. I keep my hands in my pockets because I'm one of those people that normally I do look at stuff. Like I'm looking, I'm checking, but like I'd literally make a focused effort to keep my hands in my pockets because no, it's not about me. It's about like, if I touch something and then somebody else has to deal with it, like I'm trying to help somebody down the line, just don't touch anything you don't have to touch. Like it's not being crazy. It's just being careful right now. Now, do you do you always make sure like you leave the girls at home and one of you goes out on trips? Yes. So no, bringing the girls. Yep. And, and a lot of it's because Tiffany's at the hospital, so like I go most of the air, and just because the there is less chance of you know there there being a problem there. So I I I run most of the errands, and that's you know just kind of what we've decided to do. But um, yeah, the girls I don't think the girls have gone in anywhere in probably two or three weeks. Yep, same, same here. I I stay home with baby, and it's Brittany that does all does all mm-hmm. the shopping. She's the hunter. You're the gatherer. 
Yep. And she was someone who does take her time usually, and that annoys me. That's why I don't <laughs> like to go uh, grocery shopping with her. So this has forced her to step step her uh, game up. Mm, interesting. Um, all right. So, out, you know, daily life still going on, still trying to figure it out. Uh, but at the meantime, in the meantime, still kind of some interesting things going on in the sports world. Uh, coaches are kind of doing a good job of checking in, having teleconferences. Lincoln Riley has had one, uh, which you know, Lincoln Riley, he's gonna he's gonna shine in that situation. I mean, he's kind of built for this. He's built for how to handle uh, you know really difficult situations. He's just smooth. He's 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 good in the press conference. Always has been. On the other hand, uh, then you have Mike Gundy, who had a teleconference yesterday. And in true football coach fashion, this is how I'm, I'm, I'm going to sell it, uh, comes out and says all the things that you don't. It's like you have inside voices and outside voice. Like he's using his outside voice inside. Uh, and it's, it's disturbing a lot of people as he's, he's saying he would like to start basically testing and quarantining everybody in the athletic department and get his players back practicing, working out uh, in three to four weeks when the Big 12, by my calculations, is still, what, uh, seven to eight weeks or seven weeks away from uh, even even getting past the uh, the the quarantine stuff that they've put on every team in the league? So it was um, it was an Gun- interesting day. Unless Gundy write it wrong, maybe Gundy thought the Big Twelve said May first and not May thirty first. Well, you should oh. know that before you speak to a group of reporters. I'm sorry. That's that would be the dumbest thing ever to not know well, this that. Is, this is Mike Gundy, isn't it? This is this is what you should expect. I I that's why. I understand, it, and believe me, what I thought he said was, I thought it was disgusting. I thought Kyle Porter from Pistons firing it ahead. I thought it was embarrassing for not just the university, but for the state of Oklahoma to be kind of almost associated with that. But then again, at the same time, it's so on brand. It's so Mike Gundy that you also kind of got to look at it and say, there goes that crazy uncle thing again. It, it, like, I the- it wasn't. I wasn't blown away, I guess, by uh, the comments as much as I was. Like, I don't believe that Mike Gundy. I think both can be true. I thought what he said was disgusting, but I also don't think that Mike Gundy realistically thinks on May 31st he's going to call all of his players and say, you got to get your ass to Stillwater or you're going to be cut. Like, that's just not going to happen, nor do I think he's going to put his players into harm's way. So I just, I don't know. I, I thought that that was more of just, the aura of what we've come to know as Mike Gundy when he talks to the media. Of course, he's like just the idea of him watching OAN and getting his news from wherever he does. Like, it's so on brand that, like, I why would you expect anything else from the mullet head coach from Midwest City, Oklahoma? Well, that's the like, thing. Yeah, I mean, Mike, it, if you want to say Mike Gundy is, is anything uh, in, in quarantine terms, Mike Gundy is the Joe Exotic of college football coaches. I mean, you look at him, uh, he looks, you know, he's got a mullet. Like, that's the first thing. I He did everything yesterday except for blame Lincoln Riley uh, for someone's death. 
I mean, it's like you know, he started talking about the uh, uber conservative news network that is driving everybody crazy in in uh, press briefings. I'm sorry, like like uh, at some point you would have been like, and maybe you guys need the media need to check it out because I, you know, Lincoln Riley killed Joe Diffie. <laughs> I, I just love, you know, we keep talking about how on brand this is. This is on brand for a coach. And I'm, I'm going to, the perfect example is the so-called medical people saying the herd of healthy people. They're not so-called, they're doctors. Like they're epidemiologists. They have degrees that say they are these things. This isn't like the so-called experts. Like, yeah, like the guy That's on ESPN, the OAN you can debate his expertise. Uh, I mean, yeah, you can debate his expertise. The the guy that is the, you know, one-year NFL pro that is now, you know, talking about the NFL like he, you know, What is it, the forever. immunity can, herd? Is that what the, the that what the tin hat foil wearing people believe? Uh, yeah, so, saying the herd of healthy yeah, people that may have built up antibodies. And... That is a conversation you can have, but that the the so called that is such a coaching <laughs> like that's me dismissing you. Like I don't really take what you're saying seriously. But Eddie, have have we heard yet what uh, his brothers uh, Stan and Jeff think? Yeah, oh, Jamal God. Hill's a f- idiot. Well, she's Ooh, not. No, she's she, not she, really she, in sports oh, anymore. Man. I mean, she, she hasn't been. By the way, for she like yeah, like people she doesn't work at ESPN anymore. Don't don't be like, oh, that's typical ESPN politics. Like she works like at the Atlantic she or work something. At ESPN for a reason. How many tweets did Clay Travis send out about her and ESPN yesterday before he realized she doesn't work at ESPN? <laughs> did he? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm guessing he did. I don't I I make it an active point to avoid Clay Travis. I cannot imagine the shit show that that is. It's a circus. And you know what it comes down to? And I know that we don't want to spend an entire time on this, but you either fall on two sides of the thing on Mike Gundy. You either are conservative and you don't think it's that big of a deal. You need to, we need to get the economy stimulated again, or you're on the other side of it. And the far, far left side of it with Jamel Hill that thinks Mike Gundy's standing to get these kids back on campus so he can make more money off of them. Like those, both of those sides are just so far in the wrong, in my opinion, that like, I, I I don't know, maybe that's just how I am that I want to go down the middle on it, but people just can't when you talk about, you know, see what here's like people want, people are going to complicate this for their own reasons, for their own talking points. Uh, Absolutely. I mean, it, it's sports radio is going to take the stand of, oh, like you said, oh, well, he's a plantation owner. You know, that's that's all he's coming off as. Uh, oh, uh, no, I mean, like, seriously, like, I mean, I'm sure, he I only know, I'm cares. Sure it's out there. It's he only crazy. cares about, well, I don't even, I'm, I put it out there, so I'm the one to blame, I guess. But, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm just going extreme cases. Like, he only cares about what he can get out of these kids. He you know he's putting their health at risk and i get it that's he opened himself up to that and then you're going to have the people that politicize it and say oh see what how crazy the you know the conservative right is that they're 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 willing to put people's health in jeopardy just to stimulate the economy and then you have the whole thing about you know money flowing through Oklahoma. it sounds stupid it and it was stupid yeah. it was idiotic. but here's the thing this was my point this morning I'm not surprised 
Mike Gundy is a football coach. He comes from, uh, you know, football coaches like Pat Jones. And I'm not saying Pat Jones is a nut job. I work with him, and he's 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 an old school guy. But Josh, you know this. Um, I've worked with. I'm no. I don't want to start naming names, but I've worked with a lot of coaches, and I've known a lot of coaches behind the scene beyond football. Uh, and some of those people are the craziest motherfuckers you will ever meet in your life. And you're surprised that most of them can c- keep a job without opening their mouths uh, and letting their freak flag fly. Because if people really knew how they felt about certain things, they would be fired. Like, it's just, it, it's it's people's personalities. And we all kind of run into those people from time to time that we know they have kind of a... a a weird side that is not deemed uh, not deemed uh, suitable for society, uh, yet they go about their lives. I think everybody knows some of these people. They go about their lives and they just continue to you know do what they do, and hopefully they don't get on Facebook. I mean, like how many times do you see like a a Facebook post about some sheriff or something like that? Some someone that's like an elective official that gives a really way out there political view, uh, not realizing what that's going to look like to the general population and not just their small circle of friends. Like that happens all the time. Absolutely. Oh sure, and you know it, it happens. I, I think it happens a ton. Yeah, uh, it's easy for people to forget because they see these coaches up. Uh, you know, like it, it, on TV doing, you know, and they're they're in front of the camera. They know they say the right things. They do the right things. They act correctly. And or, you know, the, the way that I guess is socially acceptable, however you want to look at that. Um, but they forget that these guys are just like your dad or your uncle or whatever. So, I mean, I do think, Carrie, and, you know, you could weigh in on this, like, the younger coaches, I do feel like, are much more aware of these things than now. There are outliers. There, there's still some that you're like, I, you're going to get in trouble at some point. Like you, you just can't say the things you say sometimes. But I would say most. On the other hand, most of the coaches above, let's say fifty, are not that different than most of the people's dads or grandfathers or whoever listening. They're the they got takes and they yeah. they lean in the very similar way to the people that you may think are crazy. I remember when I went to my 20-year high school reunion, uh, and everybody was having a good time, and I went on Facebook, uh, and I noticed some people were putting up pictures that were not appropriate, to, that, that you would not want your colleagues. Like, for instance, there was one lady who was a, a high school teacher, and she had several pictures up of herself walking around with a boob, with a beer between her boobs. Uh, and I politely contacted her and I said, Hey, you know, you might want to take that down or ask that people take that down because, you know, you're a school teacher. And if someone's parents, you know, if one of your students' parent or, you know, is that the right way to say one of your students' parents see that they might get offended. And if enough people see that it could really snowball on you. Like it's, it wouldn't be good. And they were just like, Oh yeah, that's a good point. Like people, like I'm saying, people in their 40s and 50s don't always understand what it looks like from the outside when you just talk about the things that you might talk about with your small circle of friends that are like, you know, think like you do. That's called being an olds. 
Don't you think at the core, both of what Mike Gundy and what Lincoln Riley said at its core are about the same. They're both football coaches, and they want football back as soon as possible. Yeah, Lincoln was just diplomatic. They went went two completely different (laughs) ways of, of talking about it, but at the same time, it's kind of like what we talked about last week after Lincoln Riley's teleconference as far as, you know, I, sometimes I think that we put and I don't know, maybe maybe I'm just completely screwed up in, in looking at it. But I think that we look at the words that the, these coaches say and we just put way too much stock into what they say. And at the whole, I think these daily updates for sports that aren't going to happen for another five, six months are ridiculous. And I, I know that they're offering hope for some. And you talk about stories about the football season that just keep showing up, whether it's going to be played or not, every day. It's f***ing exhausting. No, I'm, I'm right there. I've tweeted about that a lot. Like, And it's almost a joke because it's like, I, I, I tweet out, I'm not going to read your story with your quotes from, you know, your AD or your... Uh, you know, conference commissioner about whether or not the football season is in jeopardy. Like, I'm not. And then Mike Gundy does what he does, and you're just like, God damn it. Like, there's no way that I cannot read this or hear about this or talk about this. It's like, you you, you go so far. It's like, I, you know, it's like, okay, I'm going to burn my jersey because I you, you got, you know, you, you left me for another team, and you end up burning your house down. Yeah, well, and it just the timing of it couldn't have been worse for him. People were it was like, for a lack of better terms, sharks were in the water and they were circling, waiting for him to say something. And he jumped out there and, and did. And he looked like an idiot for saying it on the same week that you have the, you know, the U.S. Surgeon General basically saying that this is going to be a, a the week is going to be a modern Pearl Harbor. Twelve hundred people died yesterday. Sixteen people died in the state of Oklahoma. And you have Mike Gundy basically saying that it's not that big of a deal. That's the way that it appeared to a lot of people, regardless of the of, of if he wanted it to come across like that or not. And I think also the other side of it, too, is, is Mike Gundy doesn't really give a damn. He said that before. This isn't the first time that he's come with some kind of, you know, in a way, crazy rhetoric. No, he does this all the time. He's this is, he's. He he's always saying something that pisses off Mike Holder and used to be Boone Pickens when he was still alive. But I, that's the thing. He is a non-filtered football coach that also has a very um, public, and, and he's not shy about his kind of conservative belief system. So it's it's, and the other thing is this, he's a football coach. He's not an elected, an elected official like, I can't sit there and say, oh, how did you not see this? Like, you should have seen this coming. It should. I mean, it it, it surprises me that it hasn't happened more. Lincoln Riley probably feels closer to Mike Gundy than he does, you know, to to a, a college president anywhere. But he's just smart enough not to put that out there. And here's the other thing. Like, how it makes me question how bad Mike Gundy's communication is with Mike Holder, his athletic director, uh, because, look, I've kind of talked to Joe Castiglione on and off, nothing worth printing, but it is clear to me, apparent to me, that Joe Castiglione, I mean, he's not sitting at home uh, just trying to figure out what to do with his spare time. Like, he is talking to people. He's talking to other 
athletic directors, other college presidents, his own president, uh, you know, people uh, in the medical community, people on this high up on the state level, uh, anyone that that he can talk to to try and figure out where this is headed, what the time frame is doing, when is it moving? Is it moving up? Is it moving back? Is it wait and see? Uh, the target continues to move, and he is trying to prepare himself for and his athletic department for what has to come, which is you know possible uh, the potential of uh, you know reducing staff, reducing salary, uh, figuring out how to have a season, when to have a season. Like they are, these athletic directors spend all their time on this stuff, and I guarantee you, Lincoln Riley, and he's told me this. Lincoln Riley knows everything that he knows. And they, I, I don't know if they meet about it daily, but they meet about it all the time. So it's like Lincoln Riley is not out of the dark in this. I just got a real feeling like Mike Gundy really is on the outside looking in, not knowing what's really happening here. I don't, I don't think there's any doubt about that. And I, I, that's, a, that's a good point, Kerry. I really hadn't thought about it that way. But, you know, and <laughs> Oklahoma State's. Uh, their statement last night, instead of putting out the stuff that they did, they should have just been like, "Yeah, that's Mike. We don't we don't necessarily <laughs> agree, but that's that's him." I love. I I've been trying to find it for the last few minutes, but I love the guy who tweeted out, "Mike Gundy hates recruiting so much he's trying to not have to do it anymore." I think it was Alan like, Kinney that tweeted. tweeted yeah, that. like, and it's exactly right. Like, I just don't know how tone deaf you could be. Like. Two mothers of recruits that are worried about sending their babies to your college for a whole other list of reasons. But now we're more worried about let's get some money flowing into the state of Oklahoma than we are these guys being safe and okay. And I'm with Eddie. I'm a little more down the middle than a lot of people are on this. But at the same time, you just can't be that damn tone deaf. I don't, by the way, I really don't think people like, oh, I. I really don't think there's a lot of parents out there that are going to be like, oh, Mike Gundy's putting my child at jeopardy. I, I no, don't think like, so in general, no but... That... Go ahead, Josh. I, I, I mean, I, I, I don't think it's going to be like the deciding factor, but do I think it's a question he'll get in a living room? Yeah, I bet you money it is. And it's the negative recruiting that'll be used against them too. Yep. Oh, I guarantee you every school that recruits against Oklahoma State has that screenshotted somewhere within their their photo files. Oh, I I thought our buddy Alan Kenny put it pretty well on Twitter yesterday. It's almost like Mike Gundy, and we know how much he already hates recruiting in a way. It's like he goes out of his way to give them to give them like hurdles that they have to go around. It's already he, he just but he also like he's very genuine in that. I don't think he gives a damn about that stuff. Like he doesn't Agreed. look at that as he in no way. I, I don't think he would ever look at that and say he's going to lose out on a kid because of it. And if he did, he would probably just chalk it up to, well, probably not the right fit anyways. Don't you think? I, I do. I, th- I That's exactly how I would say. I, I think he almost sees it like weeding out. Well, if they're worried about that, then they're sure. worried about the wrong things, you know, like sure. that kind of mentality. And, it kind of goes to like what we used to talk about with Bob, which I, I think started off as a good recruiting pitch and turned into a mantra that hurt them. And it was the, we'll win with you or without you. 
Man, that's a cool idea to tell a recruit, but when you start believing that shit too much, then suddenly you like you're closing doors on recruits because they don't respond in the way you want them to. Like you have to adapt to them, not the other way around. Well, and that's an attitude that you can get away with if you're Nick Saban, probably. Sure. Uh, it's a or a Dabo Swinney, and he did. Go, he Dabo stepped out on that ledge this week as well. So it just. It's not something when you're already recruiting in the mid 40s, you're just adding another layer that you could have completely avoided. But then again, it's like we said, it's like, in a way, I almost appreciate Mike Gundy more because I don't think that he's a fake in any sense. He, that What you see is what you get. And but, some people will respond to that. So, I mean, I, I guess when you think about it, it's just a two way street. I don't know. I don't care how much you sanitize a jet. You're going to Florida, man. There's nothing good is happening in Florida right now. Like it is, it is a whisper away from being the next New York. I mean, it is going very poorly down there. My cousin's a pilot. Like I get, I guess I just kind of look at it through this lens as like, why would you put other people? And I'm not saying they're going to be put in danger because I don't think that his pilot's going to contract coronavirus, but isn't that what this is all about? Like, we're all on the same team. We're kind of going through the same shit. Like, just because you're rich doesn't mean that you get to avoid all these kinds of things. Exactly. It's one thing if you and your family are choosing to do something and you can isolate. Like, if Davos Winnie happened to be a pilot and he could fly himself down there on his own plane and do, like, oh, okay. Like, I can, I can get there on that. Like, he, it's a very rich version of, hey, kids, we're going to get out of the house and go drive around, which I've done several times. Like, sometimes you just yep. have to get out of the house. That's okay. <laughs> but when you're calling other people into risk, that's a different thing. Yeah, I mean, unless you're like Richard Branson and you own your own island. By the way, how about the – did you guys see the story about the couple that was, like, in the Maldives on their honeymoon and uh, they're trapped yes, on I this did. super yep. – like, one of those super resorts where the – you know, it's all above the water and, like, the staff is trapped there too, and they've been there for, like, it was 22 days, I think, when I'd read the story. But, like, that to me is, that's the worst case scenario. Like, I don't care if the Maldives and it's really expensive to go there, because that's like over by like, that's like by India or something, isn't it? Kind of almost I, in Asia. I believe that's correct. I am I am mapping for you as we speak, but yes, that that is my understanding. But I mean, um, like, and I've always yeah. been fascinated by those. If I was young and attractive, and you know, mar hey, just married, hey. I would love to to just go <laughs> live in a grass hut that's over an ocean. I mean, but for twenty two days, that would turn into a special kind of hell, where I I think you'd just be like, really fish again. Do you know who would be a special kind of hell for, like, in my world? Because I think if I go on that trip, we're leaving the girls with my in-laws. That would mean they signed up for, like, six days, and they got almost a month of, I mean, and they're trying to do their jobs and deal with the girls. And I'm like, oh, well, I guess, like, i got to decide between laying out or getting in my little, uh, my edgeless pool here. I don't know which one I'm going to do, but i got to think about this. I'm pretty sure I saw that Jay Cutler and uh, Chris. Yeah, yeah, they are too. Bahamas. Yeah, as well. They're yep. stuck. They're in the Bahamas. Yeah. God, that'd be a dream to be stranded with both of them. I, I mean, obviously. Yeah, but they're also stranded with her gay hairdresser best friend. He's there. The about to. I bet he's about to blow his mind out. I've seen a lot of uh, 
I've seen a lot of uh, very cavalry. I know exactly who she's stranded with, unfortunately. Do you think that they've watched Tiger King together and he's asked Jay any questions? <laughs> so, Jay, I can see that. Oh, like, like do you like meth? <laughs> <laughs> do you watch pornography? Yeah, probably more about dick, but. <laughs> Well, I thought that that was how Joe Exotic got the dick, was that he trapped people with meth. He got him addicted oh, to meth. Yes. He yeah. did, but he also asked him, when you watch, it was that thing about, oh, you haven't seen it, Carrie. I forgot about that. No, but I, oh, I, I'm, yeah. I'm, 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 you guys talk about it all you want. I'm, I'm not going to say yeah, I'm never going to watch it, but I get the gist of it. I, you know. Oh, no. Yeah, he, well, he definitely hooked him with meth. Thing, like when, that, when the Travis kid came around. His boyfriend that uh, committed suicide, he asked him, supposedly, if he, uh, when he watches porn, if he likes watching guys with big dicks or small dicks. <laughs> and then uh, that's how you, you would know if you were gay, is, I guess, is basically what Joe Exotic was insinuating. Yeah, Travis says big, and he's like, well, you're not that straight then, are you? Wow. <laughs> God I mean, damn it, woo! Joe Exotic. A lot, lot of guys questioning themselves after that comment. They're like, ooh, I need to turn Tiger King off for a little while. I'm not comfortable. Uh, I'm sure Pearl that is upset. Be, Shut that baby up! <laughs> <laughs> and we have the lead in no, for I the did, next I did. Podcast. I would be careful, Eddie. I uh, can tell you from experience, <laughs> I did, because everybody is at home, I did the worst thing that I've ever done on the radio this week. I gave uh, one of my co-hosts a hard time for making his kids dumber by being their homeschool teacher. And uh, his poor little daughter was listening to the radio in the other room. Oh. <laughs> so, like, he literally had to take a break to go deal with his crying daughter that I made cry because I told I told America that she was dumb. Well, I'm... I'm I'm playing catch with uh, Pearl, and she didn't know where the ball went, so she had a little freak-out session there. It happens. It happens. Um, Run her through a combine here in a couple of years. We'll get, that, we'll get those hands catching well. I don't know. I'm, you know, if she starts taking the softball too much, you might just want to be careful, Bob. <laughs> Not that Make there's sure anything wrong the with that. Hair. Yes. Not that there's right, anything the bow, wrong with that. Right, the bow's in the ribbons. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got, got to make sure. Have you guys been uh, paying attention to any of the uh, 20 for 2020 countdown that Rivals had? Was put out? No, I haven't. I haven't seen that. I thought that. it was pretty I mean, I saw that, obviously uh, the inclusion. But... 17, and then Joe Castiglione was 15 today. Interesting. What was the rationale? But I'm looking at it now, but I, you don't want to read it while we're doing it. What was the rationale for it? Oh, basically, just kind of Riley has led his connection with Lincoln Riley and the infatuation that Max Kellerman kind of insinuated. What was that Monday of the NFL's infatuation with Riley and keeping things moving in the right direction? I I don't know. It it was a little bit of I thought it was a little bit of a hot take. But I mean, it, it cited that the Big 12 had already lost Cliff Kingsbury and Matt Rule, obviously, to the NFL. Could Riley be the next? And um I don't know. It's just it's kind of an interesting look into the college football world with nothing uh, on the uh, on the schedule ahead of us as far as spring ball or anything like that. So 
I don't know. It's just been kind of weird. Carrie, I heard you a little bit this morning as far as, I think it was one of the promos or something. It is weird that, like, it feels like March Madness, obviously it didn't happen, but it feels like we got over that so much easier than, like, getting through this week with the Masters in a way. Yeah, I, and I think the NBA, you know, people are, are just kind of like, you know, it's because I work for the flagship station for the Thunder, and I think people are... Um, you know, obviously a little bit more tuned into not shitting on the NBA, but and Josh, I don't know how this plays in Houston with so much going on down there. Uh, but you know, and they just get Russell Westbrook, and you know, even though they hadn't been playing well, they were still what third in the West. Uh, going into were they third or fourth? They were fourth in the West. Um, playing kind of shitty. Uh. But it's almost like I'm almost resigned because of all this other stuff has happened. Like, the NBA will not – I don't care if they have the finals or not. Like, if they do, great. But it's not like I'm going to be like, oh, damn it, when are the finals going to start? Like, I've never thought that to myself. You've it's already, not like it's a landmark of your calendar. So that coming back would be a little bit weird. I just – the, the the ideas of getting them back on the floor or getting the baseball teams out in Phoenix – I just find those, while I appreciate the idea and the thought, I just have a hard time thinking that's going to be not feasible because I know that they could afford it, but just realistically, I don't think that that's possible. Yeah, and I don't think people, I don't think people realize how difficult it will be to watch sporting events without fans in the stands, especially sporting events that you only care about in passing yeah although i've watched a lot of that damn eye racing i'm not gonna lie oh i mean (laughs) any type of sport it's like the tiger phil thing generally i probably wouldn't watch that and i'm a i'd consider myself a pretty big golf fan but they did that that before right and phil just pasted him yeah and that was kind of weird though because it was during the fall, nobody cared. It was on a college football. Oh, you actually played in West Virginia that day. It was the Friday after. Oh, was that yep. that day? Yeah. Yep. So it just it's it's one of those things that like if that's going on and that's the only sport that we can get our hands on here over the next month, I will watch the shit out of that. Are you gonna give watch if the it. NBA players play horse? No, I don't no. give a damn if they play. Horse. <laughs> That's something I I just can't get into. That you could do uh, that over social media right now. You could have Trey Young and Steph Curry going shot for shot on social media if you wanted to. Like, I, and I wouldn't uh, give a shit. I'd tell you this: I've been more interested in watching Dave Portnoy open packages than I would be watching NBA horse competition right now. Absolutely, we might be and missing a real good. opportunity. Have you sent him a black dildo? My God, he's gotten so many dildos. <laughs> And so many <laughs> glitter bombs that he figured that out pretty fast. I mean, yeah, that's it, it's been pretty funny. I, I have found that like entertaining. I mean, the, the, it's, it's funny weird, when he though, gets like a, every... a weapon, but yeah, I am afraid that uh, we're going to be watching him open a pipe bomb at some point. Yeah, I, I those have to be getting vetted somehow. I would think. I, I don't know how, but I guess maybe the U.S. Postal Service is doing him a good a good deed. I have no idea. It's just weird, like, going into the evening hours when usually filled with, you know, watching a game or watching a sport. And I know that we're on week four of this, and it's it's starting to become a normal kind of thing at night. But 
like just having any sports on is just it's crazy. It, there's no other way to say it. I am thankful that had like some kind of messed up way. There has been normalcy with recruiting. Uh, you know, Oklahoma still being decently active in that facet of things of, of you know turning out offers and. Uh, things like that. Well, and let's uh, let's hit on that, uh, Bob. Uh, I, you can start off talking about this too, uh, because really, I think you know what Lincoln's done is something. Obviously, they came up with in the offices because it's it started you know trending among OU fans a little bit. Uh, but you know, putting the hashtag out there, Serious Three, which I think a lot of people, at least on the boards, have kind of they got that figured out pretty fast because of some. Uh, you know, some what some players were putting on their social media. Uh, but in this time, not much going on, not much sports. I thought that was a kind of a, you know, a pretty slick move by OU to throw something like that out there. The Series 3. Yeah, and that's sort of the difference between Mike Gundy and Lincoln Riley epitomized right there. Like, Lincoln Riley is going to figure out what he needs to do to keep the OU brand relevant, to keep it out there as much as possible. There's not any on-field stuff that you need to talk about. So you mentioned recruiting and just that one little hashtag, and then boom, now people are wondering. Then you get all the quote tweets from all the assistant coaches with their own little gifts spin on it and things of, of uh, that nature, and then it leads to speculation. And again, that. It's sort of what we've talked about the last couple of weeks. This 2021 class has to get going, and you know it's going to eventually. And you can see that they're setting up those dominoes, that once they start falling, it's going to be a great thing for OU. But I still sort of go back. When will this start eventually going down? How much longer can OU stay patient when you know you have two eyes out there from March? And you're wondering, you know, the longer it goes, what we saw from last year is when you had Jonah Monheim and you had Major Burns, that went too long to where they didn't even commit or or sign. How much longer can you keep relying on good faith that everything's going to come together the way you think it can in the beginning of April as we start moving forward? See, I can tell how much older Bob is getting because he's he's losing patience for this stuff. Like, out of all of us on the staff, when, okay, so for instance, when Latrell McCutcheon had an announcement, and we thought, wow, could he be committing to Oklahoma? Like, what's going on? And we think it might be coming down to, uh, you know, a decision, like he might be ready to do it. And then he releases a top 10. Uh, and I then it's like had a top five out. And then it's like so- Bob Persbillo, it just destroys him. And you, you almost just be like, these goddamn kids. It, it's like the, uh, it was like a real life version of the Jim Carrey, like, come on, gift. Uh, <laughs> out of his mouth. The Ace Ventura. Like, yeah. 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 But uh, Josh, I mean, it, you know, the serious three thing. It, the other thing that's been interesting is watching all the activity from Caleb Williams uh, because he likes a lot of stuff. He throws some eyeballs out there. Uh, and, and, you know, obviously, you know, I think people assumed right off the bat that he was part of the serious three, 
and then, you know, is Mario Williams part of the series? I think he was a guy. Because I said this to you guys, like, to me, a three when you're talking about offense, and, and because Lincoln Riley was the first one to put that out there, you think quarterback, wide receiver, running back. Uh, and, you know, just just the activity around this, I'm kind of curious, kind of your thoughts. And, and also, like, what kind of vibe does Mario Williams give? Because Caleb Williams obviously loves this is really into it. Uh, but, you know, is Mario Williams a guy that's really kind of extroverted when it comes to the social media stuff or, or giving off a vibe? No, I mean, and that's and that's why I think you get these bits of news from him that tend to kind of shift the way we're looking at Because, I mean, a couple of weeks ago, there was not all this buzz about OU and Mario Williams. And now, I mean, everybody is having this conversation and I think it all kind of started with Rob Cassidy's story a few weeks ago when he talked to the coaches there at um, at Plant City and made it pretty clear that, you know, Oklahoma is a school that's really hot on his list, and that's where we think he would go if he was going to pick today. And I think that just kind of opened everybody's eyes. And then you started to get the Series 3 stuff, and I think everybody kind of has their notions of what's going on with Caleb Williams right now. And so you kind of – I think a lot of people just almost instantly put those two as part of the three. And, you know, I, it, it could be – Carrie, it could be any of the four of us as the third, and everybody would rejoice. I mean, it wouldn't matter yeah. who the third are if you those get two. those two. Yeah. Exactly. So then you throw in the third, and I've talked to some people, and, you know, it, like I, I guess there's no good way to say it. I'm pretty confident I know who the third person is and or, you know, would be in this conversation. And I, I, I think you've got to, <laughs> uh, you've got to have that conversation about, you know, where does that fit, and is it a running back? Because I know you brought that up, and I, that's not the impression I have, but I do think they have kind of a clear idea of why they're working it this way to connect these dots. It's orchestrated, Josh. Would that be would that be wrong to say? Like orchestrated. What was that you kind of broke up in, on me? It, it feels orchestrated in a way, in a, almost what in a was way that, word that again? they've set out a schedule or a set out a plan. You keep breaking up. What was that word again? It feels what? Oh, it feels orchestrated. Okay. In that almost Lincoln Riley and the coaching staff or the recruiting staff has, you know, almost said, you're going to, let's build this thing up over a month. We're not going to get that, that, that push that we thought we were going to get because of the cancellation of the spring game or because of the movement of the spring game. And it almost feels like, to me, from the outside looking in, it feels like it's been orchestrated to a point that everything has almost been set in place. And they're almost, in a way, just executing a plan. I think there's something to that, Eddie. I mean, we, we've talked about it a lot, how well they did back in the 2019 class when they had the big uh, – the big event for red white and you had Theo Weiss, and you had RJ Henderson, you had, um, Oh, uh, uh Jamal, uh, Morris. I mean, you, you had all these chips that just started falling as soon as they arrived on campus. Well, then you kind of had all these things that just continue. Like it, it started a domino effect. And I think that's what Oklahoma's trying to do here is we feel pretty good about these guys. And, you know, like Bob said, there does come a point, when you've got to say, okay, guys, we we need you to be in or we need you to be out. We, we need to know where this stands. Because all this talk behind the curtains and us thinking we know who the three are, and that, that, that stuff, that's 
it's it's it builds groundswell, but it's not what pushes you over the line with other recruits. That, that I mean, other recruits are not thinking about. Perfect example: Kendall Daniels. Kendall Daniels is not worried about what Caleb Williams is doing. He's not even aware this is probably going on. I bet he's never asked Brian Odom or any of the other Oklahoma staffers who you know who the three are. He he's not thinking like that. But once he sees. Okay, the number one quarterback commitment did actually go ahead and commit to Oklahoma. Okay, now 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 there's something. You're on to something there. So I I think that's how you start to build this, and that is, I don't think there's any question that Oklahoma is trying to put something in place to make it to where this spring closes strong for them, where they're sitting at nine, ten, eleven commitments. Just put the phone right up to her. Let's That's just, not my child. Go, let's just go full on she, Pearl Cry. She's been in the extra saucer for an hour. She's starting to lose it just a little bit. But yeah, I mean, and that that that's what I agree with is there's probably a certain percentage that loves this build up, this intrigue, the tease. But then there's other recruits that none of that matters. That, they, that doesn't resonate with them. It doesn't mean anything. What's going to mean something, like Josh said, is if those guys flat out come out and publicly say they're picking the Sooners. That is going to be tangible momentum that you can build on instead of whispers behind the scenes about what's to come. Instead, you can talk about what is actually happening. Yeah, and... You know, it, that, that's another thing about this. That's all, and and we talked about, you know, Mike Gundy, that's all, oh, you really can do right now. I mean, it's just work on this stuff and come up with ideas. And it, But I can also see why a lot of kids might not be into, you know, committing right now or making a college decision when they can't take any visits and they can't even, even you can't even, at OU, you, you can't even go right now the way things are set you can't even get on campus until August. So, I mean, that's... And look, I think I should say something about that, too, because it's not like that is a set-in-stone deal. Like, if this thing, you know, the models are starting to look better and all that stuff, and it's not... it's We're still not... It's hard to talk about this right now because it is it is still really, really bad out there. But let's say at the end of next month or the middle of next month, it does look like, you know, a, a summer session could possibly happen or kids could come back to campus. Like, they could reverse that. They could make it to where kids could come back and start working out and kids could attend classes, you know, physically and things like that. So, you know, don't just sit here and say, oh, I saw OU close the campus until August. Like, it's over. Like, this, this is screwed. It, it's not necessarily set in stone like and i'm sure lincoln riley would love to have it lifted to where they could just have some kids come and visit i thought it was interesting during his uh media media uh i guess tour in a way of uh, the local radio stations this week uh i i noticed that riley had passed along and because i guess it, it was it kind of goes without saying but i didn't realize they've sent some stuff out to players that don't have uh, you know, the ability to get to a gym. They've been able to send out medicine balls. Uh, obviously, they're not sending out 85 medicine balls, but they have been able to uh, and send out and things like that. And stuff to guys. Yeah. 
Well, it, it you know, to me, it kind of comes down to, you know, with Lincoln trying to just stay on top of it, figure out when you can get guys on campus. I mean, I think the the Big Twelve loosening the restrictions from two hours to four was was good, and especially with most people not having spring practices, uh, you have to have some kind of advantage to be able to kind of teach kids or spend film time with them in the film room. I was glad the Big Twelve did that. Well. You know, guys, and that's the thing. When I first read, and to kind of go back to where we started, when I first read the Gundy quotes, and he said, these are 17, 18, 19, 20, and then I didn't know what else he was going to say, but you know how you do that? You read something, you kind of think you know where it's going to go. And I was thinking he's going to say, you know, these kids could use some normalcy in their life. They could use, like, I don't really understand why we're even trying to limit this. A, how do you govern it? Like, B, I, like it feels like, oh, we're just going to set this rule and, there's no way you can, like, know it. There, there's no way you could to govern that. So why try? And secondarily, you get to give these, these players, these coaches, some sense of normalcy in their day, in their life, as to where you've got these kids who are just kind of floating around and they don't know what to do. They, don't, they can't go to class. They can't go to football. They can't do anything they're used to doing. But, hey, there's Coach. I'm going to hang out with him for a few hours. We're going to go over some, you know, our, our defensive sets against Texas Tech last year. What, whatever it is that you're doing, you can go through some, you know, some normalcy and some just some planned some parts of your day. Yeah. Exactly. Like, I don't understand why they're even trying to govern it because, like I said, and the bottom line is you can't. So why try? And plus, you get to Because give otherwise these guys Nick something. Saban's going to watch you sleep. And that's, uh, you know what? I mean, I guess. You know, maybe maybe the pandemic will be the greatest thing to ever happen to Nick Saban, if that's the case. I, you know, I don't know. But, I mean. You're, you're saying the, it, you're hoping it gets him? I'm confused. No, okay. I, I'm saying that, the plan, <laughs> that Nick Saban gets to spend more time coaching, which will probably make him the happiest man alive. I mean, I am concerned. I mean, that little Debbie's diet and his age, I mean, that he can't, he can't have any antibodies built up. Well, the best thing for him would be to uh, continue dipping. Is he dip? Saban? Yeah. I think he chews. Okay. I didn't know this. I mean, I've never confirmed that, but I'm fairly sure that it always looks like he has a little bit of a pouch in his cheek. Hmm. Um, I no, but I, and that's the other thing about it. Like, does anybody really think if uh, Mike Gundy didn't have such high expectations for his team this next year that he would be as crazy as he is right now about all this. Like, he's got to know, like, this this season has a chance to be great for Oklahoma State, but it also has a chance to be horrible for Mike Gundy if, if they disappoint. If you have Chuba Hubbard deciding to return, uh, uh, Tylen Wallace deciding to return, your defense has done better, like... It's got to be driving him insane that he lost spring because of Spencer Sanders and, and having a young quarterback that was that mistake-prone as a freshman to not be able to spend more time with him on a practice field. Like, getting that team back in August 1st for him has to be the worst-case scenario that he's ever faced yeah. as a coach. I don't think that you he's know, in any more I mean, of a not situation a great shakes. Yeah, yeah, with Lincoln. I mean, and, and Spencer Rattler. See, I, I could almost argue that it's better for him. And it's not that it's better for his team, but him with all the experience he has coming back, he's going to be ahead of the curve. You're talking about team, Mike Gundy. You know, 
Yeah, yeah, with Gundy. With Oklahoma, you know, like they've got a – Restarted quarterback. They have to replace C.D. Lamb. They have to replace Kenneth Murray. Like and Baylor's wrong, got Oklahoma all new, new offensive yeah, defenses Baylor's to install. Almost rebuilding their entire roster. I mean, like there, I, I would say that this might give him a little bit of a leg up. Is it? Is it? Oh my God! Like, is it? I I can't believe I'm almost about to say this, but does it favor Texas the most if if August first is the the date that people get back and can start working out and practicing? I don't think so. Well, You're building changed, up a whole new offense, a new defense. Yeah. Uh, I guess you, they have had so much overhaul. turnover. Yeah. And they, they I was strictly thinking from line. an Ellinger standpoint. Sure. Yeah. Sure. But oh, I mean, the only person who didn't blow it was Herman. <laughs> the rest of his staff was terrible, but Tom did. did How do you say somebody didn't blow it when they got rid of their entire <laughs> staff on both sides of the ball? Though? I, mean, I believe that was sarcasm. Fired. That's the joke. <laughs> That's the yeah. ju- he should, why is Tom still there? Okay. He got rid of I got every it. single person he had. That, I I agree with Bob. Like when you're looking at your deck of your hand of cards and you like, I'm gonna put I'll four take five. Yeah. No, no, just get rid of the whole <laughs> the hand's dead. Like just just start over. Like you're playing draw. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like I've got this ten I'll hang on to. I bet I'll get the, the real flush on the sweep here. This is gonna happen. What do you what do you guys make of uh, Riley saying that his team is a veteran squad? He he told Gabe that earlier this week when he was making those media rounds. I thought that was kind of interesting that you lose Neville Gallimore, you lose Kenneth Murray, and a guy like Ceedee Lamb, and uh, you know obviously I guess Jalen Hurts a quarterback. But was that right he, after Dave Garrett started off that uh, interview like a house on fire? Ask him about where the emojis came from. Yeah, I I I. I put on a seatbelt for that game. But. <laughs> so he's got seven returning starters on offense. Okay, that, that seems reasonable to make that claim. On defense, you've got Stokes, White, Benito, and Fields, Brown, and I mean, I I, I guess, but I think if like you're a veteran squad, if like, they're a veteran squad, if a bunch of guys aren't suspended, maybe. Well, sure. they're also a veteran squad. <laughs> If things don't go as probably some of the a lot of the fans and probably even some of the coaches hope they do, where some of the inco- some of the incoming guys take jobs away yeah. from other guys, like they, they want exactly. guys to go in there and win a job, and you know they want Justin Harrington to go in and take a job, they want Bryson Washington to go in and take sure. a job, and get become bigger, faster, more athletic just by getting on the field. And that's, and that's where Bob's story uh, that we ran this week kind of comes into play is just as far as, you know, you're looking at both sides of the ball and guys that are missing out on the opportunity that because they don't have that spring. Obviously, Justin Harrington wasn't going to be an early enrollee, but at the same time, like just getting him, not not being able to get him here on what we think would be June 1st isn't a good good thing, is it? Yeah, that's a. I mean, to me, that's a issue now. That maybe what I mean, you a, wouldn't have been. But we haven't same, talked same about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're and let's face it, I mean, it's 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 usually June. It's the beginning of June because you have eight weeks of off season work, and that you know in that eight, and then you have the week off, and then everybody goes home, and then they come back for the start of fall camp, or maybe it's been two weeks sometimes, but. You have that June and July, basically those entire months to work with veterans, uh, whether you're a transfer or a freshman early enrollee, and you don't have that now. So it's almost like 
how much can you count on a freshman? Like, does this not so much, you know, does it, you know, who's veteran or who's, who does it help? But like, if you're someone that was relying on a, you know, mid semester transfer or a freshman to come in and make an impact right away, like that might be out the window for 2020. Yeah. It's going to be hard to ask Perry on Winfrey, Joshua Ellison to step right in at tackle when they aren't, aren't going to be used to this level of football whatsoever. I mean, that's, that is something that or we, conditioning we're trying to for convey. It. Yeah. yeah can, you, you look at conditioning, you look at scheme, you look at all that stuff. And that's why you go to those mid mid year guys. And then I go to anyone that they were sort of tinkering with in terms of switching positions it's just not viable. You're not really going to be able to have that grace period of learning on the, of, of like trying to learn before you get to the season itself and experimenting. You just got, you just have to go. Once you get that all clear sign, you, you're just going to have to figure, just figure it out. And there's going to be some people that sink and there's going to be some people that swim. Well, it, it, look, Eddie and I have both been on the same train. Like, Stop it with your goddamn stories about when the season's going to start or if we're going to lose it. So, you know, it it is it is a moving target. I don't know how much more I can say that. And we know, we can talk about, you know, how it's going to affect, and I think that's where we should be. Like, the discussion that we've had today, like, with what we know now, how is it going to affect the season? Not, will there be a season? I think they're going to figure out a way to have a season. They have to. I mean, it's imperative to have a season because you cannot have a women's rowing team and a women's basketball team with a million dollar coach, uh, and all the other, you know, tennis and all the other sports that just do nothing but suck money out of your department that football supports you. I mean, you basically have to cancel athletics for a year if you don't have football. So I think we're going to have football. I think the main thing is how does this affect football? And how does this affect OU getting prepared for football? Because like Lincoln says, well, you can you can get by with 15, 20 practices. Yes, you can get by, and you can get a team ready. But, you know, what is that going to – how is that going to affect what you know a team to be and depth and all that stuff? Like, it's just – oh, there's some parts about it that are really scary <laughs> just in terms of the quality of the football we're going to be watching in 2020. Guys, somebody asked me a question, and do you think this could become the catalyst for really, I, I don't want to say the dissolution of the NCAA, but a serious change to how the major programs and the, I mean, and I don't mean just the Power Five. I mean the Oklahomas, the USC's, the Alabamas, the, the big boys, how they operate within the NCAA versus how everyone else does. Like, I because... I, there are a lot of, I mean, Oklahoma's going to have to pinch some pennies. Toledo or somebody like that, how do they make this work? Yeah, I mean, we even saw it last week where I where Iowa State was coming out, and you think they're on, you know, they're not on great ground, but they're not, like, teetering. On and every time you go to Ames, the facilities are a little bit better and a little bit better? Yeah. And, and so they're having issues, and you feel like they're above the – middle of the road you do wonder what's going to happen with some of those group uh group of five schools and anything below that level look i don't know i don't know that uh, i think because you have universities and presidents involved if you're saying are you could you see usc and ou and uh, ohio state and all these schools you know 
pooling themselves into a, a, a league of their own. I don't I don't see that happening because I just think it sends too wrong a message. It's not a you you can't you can't continue to send that, you know, revenue hoarding while you're also not paying the players. Like name image likeness could certainly help you smooth that over. But any talk of like some new super league that's gonna emerge from this, I can't see it. I don't know if it has to be a super league just so much as like at what point are these schools going to be like, we don't need you like the NCAA. Like, I mean, just a, we're going to almost go as a separate entity. I just, I just think that schools are, they're going to remain committed federally law, you know, federal law. They're going to remain committed to the Olympic model, which is not a moneymaker, which you know, they need it for purposes of, let's face it, just just not looking like you're you're what there for the money. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Putting <laughs> just 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 painting it, you know, painting it a little bit differently. I mean little, little blush on the pig. It's kinda like uh I mean it, it, it it's it really is the reason why there's so many and it's it's not I'm not saying it's a bad thing. There's a there's a lot of great charities in the world, but a lot of it was formed because people that have a lot of money wanted to find a way to give back and and create some goodwill and all that. So it's all kind of hand in hand. I mean, it all it eventually ends up with something good, but it was started just so people don't look like a bunch of greedy bastards. No, no. I mean, and like I said, it was just something I hadn't really thought about. But it's it's because I like I said, I, I can't help but wonder if there are going to be some athletic departments that literally just can't survive this for a year. Though I mean, I think I mean, everybody can survive it. It's just how deep you're gonna have to make the cuts. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, like uh, like I saw like Old Dominion cut the wrestling program the other day or something. Like, right. Yeah. Stuff like that. And I yep. mean, Old Dominion, like, I, I know a lot of people don't care, but they have a pretty good wrestling program for a school their size, particularly. You know so, what it'll probably continue to do? It'll probably make it tough for people like OU that don't want to pay, you know, m- more than a million for shitty opponents. People are going yeah. to try and make this back by charging more to go get their heads kicked in from, you know, Alabama or USC or Texas. So that's where I think a lot of these schools will try and make this back over the next few years. The cost for playing a shitty team is going up. That's no, I mean you're probably right. What's the one uh Florida A&M? I feel like they're the one that I always think of that just The Rattlers, aren't they the Rattlers? Yeah, they just walk into the stadium you're like you're going to get massacred today. <laughs> like you just know it's going to be They they've, they've done that in Norman before, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I I like Tennessee there was that one year I think they had like it may have been the year they played Oklahoma. They like they had played Oklahoma and then the week before that was like Alabama and the week before that was like not as good, but it was like you know, like Florida International or Florida Atlantic or something, and you're like, God, dog, you guys are just getting math. It's just a bloodbath every time you get on the field. Yeah, that's the sad part for those schools because they're not playing to keep – they're not playing to keep their athletic budget alive. They're keeping to keep the lights on at the school. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They're not trying to build a new facility. They're just trying to keep the lights on the one they have. 
Oh, trust me. When yeah. I mean, and, and it'll probably lead to. I don't know. Maybe it'll lead to better games. Maybe it'll lead to some of these schools. Like maybe Boise has to start going all in and playing every big school that they can in order to make back more money. You know, maybe yeah. maybe teams like you know maybe Jay Norvell is going to spend all his Saturdays getting his head kicked in uh, in non-conference because Nevada is going to have to go chasing money now. I don't. I mean, I think there could be a lot of ways this happens. So, yeah, maybe Florida A uh, and M becomes you know kind of like the going to get a whore in Tijuana. It's just it's really cheap and it's really easy. Wow, those poor Tijuana. You like that, Eddie? They didn't do anything. I mean, they did a lot. I like the but... of... <laughs> Well, I've been. Eddie to, only goes to I've, Tijuana for the donkey shows. I've been to El Paso and stared across the border at that murderous capital. So, Eddie's Eddie's not. I I would say Eddie's most unsure moment of himself is near the El Paso Mexico border. That's the only time I've heard Eddie just, admit to being I uncomfortable. I was just hallucinating because we had been in the car for so long. <laughs> And you only had like eight more hours to go. I've stared at that uh, uh, John Hopkins map so much, and I always tend to just get lost in looking at East Texas, just thinking how long it takes you to go from El Paso to San Antonio. Oh, my God. Like how long a drive uh, that really is. That that is some country that has not been explored. We'll put it that way. Uh, anything else uh, in, in recruiting or just football-wise you guys wanted to bring on before we uh, get out of here for this week? Or yeah, just I nonsense? To a couple of in-state names. Okay. Since they've been picking up offers like crazy. Colin Oliver and Ty, Ty Williams. Any chance Sooners can make a run here? Do they want to? And how much does it hurt the fact that they can't see him during the spring? I, I think both are possibilities. You know, for those that don't uh you know that didn't see it because it kind of got lost in all the the pandemic stuff uh we released our top 35 uh state rankings about two or three weeks ago now and ty williams is my number two guy in the state i loved him on tape and really i i don't know if it was just everybody finally had time to sit down and watch because oklahoma kids it's always a little slower than some other places but he has blown up. I mean, Tennessee, TCU, and who was the third one? Yes, Texas Tech yesterday. Texas. So, I mean, he, yeah. So, he, he's had a huge run of offers. And that I think he's somewhere around 12 to 15 now. And I would say two weeks ago he might have had, like, Tulsa and, you know, Kansas or something. Like, it, it was very limited. Uh, Georgia Tech, I mean, I think he's got offers now from every major uh, conference. I mean, it's really taken off for him. And uh, – I, I think there's some interest. I've talked to some people that tell me there has been some contact. Oklahoma's asked some questions about him. Um, I, I think really, for me, when I watch him play, and you know, having seen him in person, I think the two questions are, what does his size-speed ratio work for Oklahoma? Because I don't think he's a 4-4 guy, but he's a safety, so he doesn't necessarily have to be. That's not quite as big a deal, but you want him to cover ground, and I think he shows that on tape. But then his size is a bit questionable. Last time Rivals saw him, he was about six foot one eighty. It's what he came in at the Dallas Rivals camp last spring. Now, seeing him in person, it surprises me to see that he measured in at six foot. I didn't think he was that big. I thought he was more of a five ten guy. But 
you know, and I know that feels small, but when, when you look at what Oklahoma is doing recruiting defensive backs, they are being very deliberate about size, speed. Those things have, they have to check the boxes to be guys that OU is really going to pursue. They want length and they want speed. I think Ty Williams is absolutely an OU caliber player. I think the question is, do they feel like they can find a better player? Do they feel like they can find a guy that really puts them over the hump? Or is Ty Williams the best possible safety they could land? So it, it's a good problem because I think Oklahoma would have a very real, excuse me, a very real chance if they did get involved. Colin Oliver, kind of the same question. I actually had a conversation with somebody earlier this morning about him. Oh, I, I think OU is absolutely interested. I think they were disappointed that he wasn't able to make it that day when everything got shut down. Um, I don't think an offer was going to happen there, but I think Oklahoma really wanted to see him this spring. And for me, I don't think the question is speed because I, w- you know, he went to OU's camp last summer, ran in the four sevens, the low four sevens, and I felt like Oklahoma was pretty okay with that, from what I was told. I think the question with Colin Oliver is Oklahoma would like to see him making plays not on the defensive line. I, when you look at his highlights, it's a lot of stuff where he's either playing a rush guy or he's got his hand down. I mean, he's doing a lot of stuff at the line of scrimmage. You're not seeing him make a lot of read and react plays like a like a normal linebacker, like you know Kenneth Murray did last year, Deshaun White's going to be expected to do this year. I think there is a feeling they just want to see him do more of that. And if that's possible and he checks that box, I think an offer is absolutely possible for Colin Oliver. Um. Anything else uh, just in terms of, you know, I know a lot of offers have been going out. We talked about Latrell McCutcheon had named his top 10. Um, but I know Bob is also going to go into saying if uh, there are any more eyeball emojis and no commitments. <laughs> well, it's not me. It's the the Twitter replies that come my, my, my way when that starts happening. When we start to get around three or four that haven't been accounted for, Ugh, it, it gets ugly fast. The uh, and I am on my timelines. So I don't see. It. Yeah, is it more? Are they? <laughs> I'm curious. Like, is it more? Why don't you do your job? Kind of stuff, or uh, just just you're just saying it's just the barrage of people wanting to know who it is 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 weighing you down. It becomes both. Some it's like, was this the second eye or the third eye, or you know, what? What? Why does Lincoln do this? So they ain't gonna make a move. Like it's just a, <laughs> you know, it, it's just a combination. If only and, there was a spot on the internet that you could go and look <laughs> and keep up to date with all that stuff. That's crazy how yeah, that works. If that was only someone's job on this podcast specifically. To have a thread and who does it well was called just, tracking just the look. eyes. Yeah, mm-hmm. Bob keeps track of it for you, people. Just go look at it. I was pleased that um, you did get a guy that yelled at you because uh, he had to pay to read your stuff this week. Or was that last? That week? was the poorest of poor. Yeah, I didn't want to. I didn't want to call him a poor just because I've seen no, that guy around right now. I don't yeah, want to call anybody a poor the, right now. It's yeah, pandemic rules. You can't call somebody a poor. I'm not Mike Gundy. Pandemic. You can't call him a slut. You can't call him a poor. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, I would like to establish that we are a very anti-slut shaming podcast. We are very against that. So that that's that's a stance I'll take personally. Um, so Tiff got around a lot, huh? 
Uh, you know, I mean, we're not going to comment on that. I mean, we don't want to get into these conversations. I talked about Bob impregnating his wife last week. I mean, you're, you know, uh, different. I'm going to say at the re-listening, that was as uncomfortable as I've been re-listening to this podcast in a while. That, that was, was bad. That was that bad. was not good. That's a bad moment. That, that, that's, that's a big no, Carrie. We I don't do don't, that in the future. I don't recognize bad. I, to me, that was good. <laughs> Well, if if we're going, you know, if this is it's always sunny and we're going for for ooze, we got them. There, there's no question. Um, I, I did want to say that the two all, gasp. Yeah, you're right. The, we're going for gasp. Gasp, I, not I laughs. That's sunny. I'm, I'm a little. Yep, I, I'm embarrassed about it. Um, <laughs> is there been Eddie uh, half? half the time the last 20 minutes i have no clue what eddie's been saying i'm curious if the orders by the governor in uh texas or was it yeah it had to be the governor in texas has it created a hostile environment for louisianans in in houston right now no and it's funny enough because tiffany works with a lot of them there's a lot of anesthesia people that are that are you know whether it's docs or uh crnas as tiffany is that are um that are Cajuns, including one that, like, I, I've met him several times. I know him very well. One of the guys she works with day-to-day is a Louisiana, and it's it's been interesting because, like, one guy, um, I mean, you know, this is kind of sad, like, he had a loss in his family, and almost, I think it was the day after Abbott issued that order, well, he had to go back. I mean, it was a close family member, so he had to go back, and so now they're going to have to go there, quarantine, you know, be there for however many days to go through the funeral and all this this stuff, Ugh. and then come back and quarantine for 14 days afterward. I mean, like, it's just, it's crazy. That would be the only good thing about getting the coronavirus and dying right now, is that none of your fake, your enemies that want to be fake friends can go to your funeral. Do you, does that happen a lot? Like, is that a thing? <laughs> I, I, I'm incapable of pretense. Like, if I don't like you, you friggin' know it. Like, there, there's no, I, I leave no doubt. Like the Twitter fight you got into Monday night. Oh yeah. Would what if Billy Lucci showed up at your funeral? Would you? Would that piss you off? I would have I, I, guys, and I'm gonna. Okay, Tiffany's gonna need some help on this. Okay, Tiffany will live much longer than I am. Her family lives forever. We have so to. We have to be the bouncers at your funeral. You guys are gonna have to show up because there's gonna like. My friends can handle certain people from my past, but you guys are going to have to handle certain internet folks. Taylor Ham. That might try to show up. Billy Lucci. Yes, that, yeah. I, why is it my A&M beef? I, don't, I, I have a lot of A&M they're problems crazy. for some reason. They're insane. But, but then again, like if you look at like some of the guys I like the best are in the A&M market. I love Brian Peroni. Jason Howell is, is one of my yeah, closest I like both those buddies guys, yeah. in, the, in this business. Yeah, and so like Peroni's just a goofball. Yeah, Peroni's a goof. Like I, I can tell terrible stories from him at multiple Army Combine check-ins. He does these, those. Poor, Cody Thomas. I like Courtney Rowland. She's a she's it. a nice girl. I mean, she's she's always been yeah. very sweet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I mean, there's a lot of good people in that market. Maybe that's why I react so negatively to the ones that aren't. Um, but it's 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 an interesting marketplace. Like I think we think we have a crazy life sometimes, and then I it's. Yeah, there's a lot expected of them from that fan base. The um, funny thing is, being as... on the outside, seeing the Texas media and the A and M media go out, because like, I'll be honest, like I have, I've always had a great relationship with Jason Sukumel. We used to work together um, for the uh, same publishing company. 
uh, and we would spend, he would come to Tulsa and we would have to kind of hang out together all weekend. So we got to know each other really well. And, uh, you know, for all the Ketchum stuff, I don't hate Ketchum. I mean, he's just kind of, a, he's an eccentric dude. Um, but like there's, uh, you know, I never had a problem with Chip Brown other than, you know, I thought that he threw a lot of shit against the wall in the Big 12 missile crisis that, you know, it's like everybody just treated him like he, you know, was the god of that thing. And how could he not have been? He threw every scenario scenario possible out there. He, he tended to speak on behalf of the entire conference when he was clearly yes. speaking for Texas. Yes, that That was really my that beef with it. Like he would it, say too. things. I'm like, you don't know where Oklahoma comes out on that, or you don't know where Kansas is on this. Yeah, it was a lot of know-it-all kind of little bit of, and uh, I like Chip. Like, I mean, I don't say that to be there. mean. I just, I, I thought that was that was my big gripe because I mean, you have to give him credit. He was ahead of that story for a while, and then it felt like when other people started catching up, there was this need to still own it a little bit, and there were things that I thought were leaps of faith more than I haven't slept fact. in forty-three days, <laughs> <laughs> and we have seventy <laughs> new content items since three a.m. Check it out. It became an industry all to itself. It was out of control. Um, But no, I mean, generally, yeah, there's more nut jobs in the A&M market than the Texas market. And we have our own nut jobs in the OU market, so I'm not discriminating. Oh, yeah, there's no judgment. Yeah, we've got got fanboys aplenty. They seem to be growing. They're multiplying. Well... Maybe that's why be, we're here for you guys. Maybe Fighting they'll be the homeless fight. when this is all said and done. That's my wow, wish. Wow, I mean, that's a, that's a little harsh. I don't think maybe... I'm friends with that, buddy. You're not, Eddie. You are not. <laughs> oh, yeah. Eddie, Eddie is the Jackie Moon of the OU beat. Everybody love everybody. <laughs> he is not. <laughs> uh, I, hey, just real quick, I and mean, we'll get out of here. I know you're. we're kind of wrapping up. The two offers that I'm working on are... Uh, you know, kind of offer breakdown that we've been doing. I'm trying to turn it into a weekly thing, but OU keeps adding offers. And it keeps slowing me down. Um, but the two I did kind of want to note were Malik Neighbors from uh, Lafayette, Louisiana, that really has been seen by many as a wide receiver. But Oklahoma, he put out some DB tape this week. Oklahoma saw it, liked him, and made an offer as a DB. And he he told our guy, Sam Spiegelman, he will be taking a trip to Oklahoma once this all kind of calms down. So, I think Oklahoma definitely has made a good early impression on him. And the other one that I think is very interesting is Josh Simmons from San, uh, San Diego Helix High School. A big offensive lineman, had been committed to Oregon for a while, came off of that this week. And I kind of asked around to see where OU was right after that Oregon um, decommitment. And within about 12 hours, he had an Oklahoma offer. So I, I think it's new. It's all very new but i i do think oh he pretty quickly caught oklahoma's eye and i think it's a guy that oklahoma you know he's six five three thirty this is a big guy that really fits what bill beanbow's looking for so i think he's just a guy i would keep an eye on going forward all right um eddie any uh updates on the uh home on the bobby flay you know search to beat bobby flay <laughs> Uh, no, I've kind of relapsed. I've started doing more curbside service. I think I like that style a lot, a lot more than uh, I've been doing. Well, if you need any crockpot recipes, I've got a couple of books. You're welcome to uh, borrow, or I'll just uh, just tell me how I want some chicken 
stuff, and I'll I'll screenshot you a recipe. I think I could probably uh, afford missing a couple mils, but I don't think that's going to happen. So I I, uh, I don't know. I might I'll break it back out. Let's see. All right. Well, Bob, you go take care of the baby. Josh, I I changed my first diaper during a podcast. That was oh the God. first time I've ever done something like that. And you guys didn't notice. That's pretty impressive. Congratulations, so I'm, I'm happy. Oh, oh, believe me. We noticed. Yeah, that baby was more present than you thought it was. Pearl, Pearl, <laughs> Pearl was a bigger part of this podcast than any of Josh's children have ever been today. Pearl I'm one, sure. Bob zero. Uh, all right. You did a good job. All right. We appreciate you guys. Uh, stay safe. Continue uh, your social distancing. Don't get sick. Um Please keep, please keep subscribing. Uh, we're still cranking out the content. As long as teleconferences continue to happen, oh, there'll be news to talk about. So uh, I can't wait for the next crazy coach to say something stupid. That will uh, probably happen today. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, we'll see you back here next time on the Unofficial 40, brought to you by Soonerscoop.com.